So we've been talking about, right, head, heart, and hands, hands right? How do we love the Lord with our head? How do we love the Lord with our heart? We've already done those, and today we're going to learn about the result of that, which is how do we love the Lord with our hands? It's an external thing, right? So your brain is on the inside of you, right? Your thoughts, yeah. aren't, your thoughts aren't on the outside of you. Your feelings aren't on the outside of you. But what you do, so we're not talking about your actual hands. We're talking about your actions, your deeds, your, the things you do are on the outside. And um, that's the question we're going to be answered today. How do we love the Lord on the outside of us? And uh, that kind of leads me back to our visit, my visit with my nephews last week. They, uh, they were coming up and they love video games. So they have the Wii U and they have Minecraft and they play it all the time. And they, they got birthday money and every single one of them spent it on a new Wii U game to play. And so they brought them all with them and they were excited. But they're really, really excited to come and see me because I, I don't just have a Wii U. I also have an Xbox 360 and I also have a PlayStation 4. And they were really excited to play the Xbox 360 because... I had Lego games, and the Lego, if you don't know, there's Lego Star Wars, Lego Lord of the Rings, Lego Batman, and the one they were really excited about was Lego Marvel Superheroes. That's one of my favorites, and they were excited to play it, and if you don't know what it is, obviously Avery knows what it is, but it's more than just going and beating up bad guys. Every level is about solving a problem, solving puzzles. You have to solve puzzles to get to the next part where you fight some bad guys and solve some more puzzles. But you have all these different superheroes. And we know that Iron Man obviously has the same superpowers as Captain America, right? No, it's Hulk. No. Then the Hulk is the same as Spider-Man. No. no, they're all different, see? And you have these characters, and the problems you solve take a specific character. So imagine with me. I come up to a rock wall. It's got a big, green, lighted crack in it. Which character do I need? Big and green. Hulk. That's right. So I pick a Hulk, and I go up to the wall, and I press a button, and he smashes the wall into pieces. Now, we'll try one more. Let's see if we can get it. If I, need, if I see a big star-spangled shield on the ground, and there's a laser shooting at the shield, who do I need? Captain America. Because he's going to go up there with the shield, and he's going to block it, and the laser shoots off his shield into something that I need to blow up. See, all these specific superpowers that they have, you need that specific character. We need the right person doing the right thing to get through it. So remember that. It's not about what we're doing. It's about who's doing it and why. So we're going to be in Romans today. So if you want to start turning yourself to Romans, if you don't have it, the verse will be up on the screen. Ms. Renee is going to get some stuff, some Bibles for you. <clears throat> but this is Romans. So, Romans was a letter written by who? One for Paul. We think it was Paul? Paul. Okay. Romans was written by Paul. We're going to be in 12. So, the church in Rome was new. It was a big powerful city. It was the biggest, most powerful city in the world at that time. And they had a brand new church full of people that trusted in Jesus. And they had a lot, a lot of questions about what do we believe and what should we do now that we believe. And so Paul was writing them a letter ahead of his 
coming to meet them for the first time, to let them know this is who we believe in, this is why we believe this, and this is what we do now that we believe. Because for Paul, the answer to this question starts with, what we do as Christians is not as important as why we do it and how we do it. Or I should say, is not as important as how we do it and why. So, this may be a little bit controversial for you because you know at school, your, parent, your teachers don't want you to do certain things. And at home, you, don't, you aren't supposed to do certain things. But doing the right things or doing the wrong things is not as important to God as how you're doing them and why you're doing them. Good and bad and right and wrong exist, yes. But with God, it's not as important for us as Christians to do something as it is why we're doing it and how we're doing it. So, what does a Christian look like to an outsider? What does a Christian look like on the outside? We've learned on the inside, he's thinking about God and his love and his hope and his, that he has and remembering. And his heart is filled with love for Jesus. But what did he look like on the outside? So we turn to Romans 9, through to, Romans 12, 9 through 21. Um, Romans 12, 9 through 21. Yes. So I'll go ahead and read it. Because it's a big, long passage. Circle or underline anything you think might be cool and you want to ask a question about, all of that. Only if it's your Bible. I, I don't think anybody would mind if you circled something that was really cool. But. <laughs> uh, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If, so po if possible, so far as it depends on you, be, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by, by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So a lot of things, right? These are a lot of things that we're doing. But I'm, I said it's not about what we're doing, right? It's about what? How we're doing it and why we're doing it. So all of these are good and right things to do. But that's not what we're focused on. We're focused on the people, right? Because this is all about loving other people and how we treat other people. And there are three big groups that I see in this. Three big groups. The church, that's the people who follow Jesus, right? Because the church is not a place. The church isn't a building or even a group of buildings. The church is the people of God. 
Then there's the world, the people who see you walking down the street. So this is everybody. You go out, into the, out to Woodfield Mall, that's the world. The people walking, milling about, they see you, you see them, that's the world. And then there are enemies. And enemies are the people in the world who do not like you. But it's not because you have funny hair or you're too tall or too short, but they don't like you because you follow Jesus. That's the enemies. So we've got the church, the world, and our enemies. And those are the three groups of people that we're looking at. And we're doing something with our actions with these three groups that adds up to loving the Lord. So remember, the question is, how do we love the Lord with our hands, our actions? And it's all about loving or how we treat these people. So how do we do that? First, we love the church by putting others first. You might want to write that one down. We love the church by putting others first. So we see in verse 10, 11, and 13, we love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. We're not, we're not slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. and We serve the Lord, contributing to the needs of the saints, seeking to show hospitality. These are the kinds of things that we do for one another. So we want to break this up because we don't want to get lost in what kind of words we have here. Brotherly affection, honor. What do those mean? Brotherly affection. Anybody got an idea what that might mean? No? Okay. So, simply, quite simply, it's the old idea that we've seen before at the beginning of this series and in the Old Testament. It's loving your neighbor as yourself. So brotherly affection is the kind of love that you love someone with like they're you. Like there's no difference between them and you as far as how you love them. And honor is quite simply put, it's of high value that we're placing on someone. So when we honor God with our words, we are giving value to him. If I reach into my wallet and I pull out a green piece of paper with a one on it, what is that? A $1 bill. What's that worth? Well, it's worth both nothing and $1. It's a piece of paper, easily burned up, thrown away, gone. But because of the way it's written and what's written on it, it has value assigned to it. The U.S. government says that is worth one of our dollars. And it's guaranteed. If you hold that paper, you have a dollar. It has value. And that's what we're talking about, honor. When we honor one another, we are giving them value because we know that they are created in whose image? God's image. What about the other people? We know the people in the church. Yeah, yeah, obviously, they're made in God's image. What about the people walking around at Woodfield Mall? Are they made in God's image? What about the mean people who hate us because we follow Jesus? Are they made in God's image? That's right. So we're giving value to them because they have value to God. So the second one, second part over here is, we love the world by living out the hope that we have in Jesus. So we see a lot of these things in here about how we act towards the world. It's a little bigger than the, than the first section. But the things I want to get into here are zeal and fervent, right? Those are kind of interesting words we don't hear a lot. Zeal is great energy. It's enthusiasm, but always in pursuit of a cause or an objective. 
So we talk about, what is it? Rejoice in hope. What hope do we have? We have hope in Jesus, right? That, that he's our savior and that we have an inheritance in heaven waiting for us, right? So we have hope. We have a lot of hope. So we have that as our goal and our objective, to be with Jesus forever. And we are putting great energy, enthusiasm in that, and we're putting that out in the world. Fervent is kind of a, goes along with it. It's having or displaying passionate intensity. You may know what passionate intensity is like because Alex is up here speaking and leaning forward, and you could tell I'm really into what I'm saying. That's passionate intensity. And we're doing that, and we're putting that out in the world to let people know by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are serving the Lord. So we love the world by living out the hope that we have in Jesus. And then the third group is our enemies. We love our enemies when we don't fight back. So we're going to get into that more a little bit later, but that's the basic thing. So we love the church by putting others first. We love the world by living out the hope we have. And we love our enemies when we don't fight back. We don't repay evil for evil. We live peaceably with all as far as we can do it. We don't avenge ourselves. We feed and give water to our own enemies. And we don't overcome evil with evil. It's nuts, right? This is going to sound nuts until we get into it, and you'll see why. But this is how we love our enemies. And loving the church, loving the world, and loving our enemies all comes together to loving the Lord. But we're going we're gonna to take a pause right there because this is what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to write down these three groups and then draw lines between them and then start putting names of people that you know in each column. Oh, uh, Johnny is in the church column because he goes here and we're friends and that's cool. And then uh, my other friend from school, he's in the world column because we, we see each other, but, but he, I don't know that he loves Jesus and, and all of that. And then the bully at school, he's definitely in the enemy's column. And the only thing I'm going to do is give him water if he's hung, thirsty because I don't want anything to do with him. That's not what I want you to do. We aren't putting people in categories and only doing the things that are listed under there. Because remember, it's not about what you're doing, but how you're doing it and why. What's meant for us is to understand how far we need to go. If it bully at school, does it take a little bit more to love them, to show them love? Yeah. So imagine if you're at VBS this year, right? And you're older kids, so now somebody's asking you to help at VBS this year. You can, be, you can have fun at VBS, but what we really need is we need you to help out in games, okay? We got three games we're playing. We're playing Gaga Ball. We're going to play Sharks and Minnows. We're going to play Simon Says. And you guys are going to teach those games. So you, it's your job to tell the rules. It's your job to monitor how they're being played and to help out in any way that's possible. So you get the third graders in. How much help are they going to need in learning how to play Simon Says? Do third graders know how to play Simon Says? I learned Simon Says when I was in preschool. It's a pretty easy game, and I get it. Same thing with sharks and minnows. It's just running from one side of the thing to the other and don't get tagged. Gaga ball, maybe a little bit harder, but, but we start to play those games as we get older. But if you have a brand new three-year-old preschooler, and you just say, are they going to understand when you just say, you don't move if I say Simon Says. 
but then you're telling them to jump on one foot. Like, I don't understand. Why, why shouldn't I do what you just said? Sometimes a different group is going to need you to go a little bit further with them in order to help them. So the older kids might know how to play all these games, but the younger kids might be confused by the directions that the older kids understood. So you've got to go a little bit further with them to show them how to play the game. And it's just like that with the way we act towards others. Our enemies deserve the same love that we give the church, but we're also going to love them the way we love the world. And we're going to go even further than that. And we're going to love them like we love our enemies. So nobody stops getting loved. Nobody gets a specific kind of love. We love everybody. And we just want to figure out how far we need to go to show them Jesus' love. So, we're going to look at that text again. Because I want to know, we just learned about loving all of these people, but I want to know what this has to do with loving the Lord. Because we haven't gotten to that yet, right? We saw a big list of things that we're going to do, but not one of them seemed to say love the Lord. It was all about loving others. So how does this involve loving the Lord? And I would ask you a question in looking like this. If we're acting according to what this verse says, loving people genuinely, showing them honor, being constant in prayer, all of this, who are we starting to look like when we act like that? Speak up. Jesus. We're starting to look like Jesus, right? When we start doing all of the things that are on this list, we're going to start looking like Jesus. Which kind of looks, leads back into this. This is the big point. So if you're going to write it down, to answer the question, how do we love the Lord with our hands? We love the Lord with our hands when we become Jesus towards others. This big long list is just meant to show us what kind of stuff Jesus does and shows us how to love him by becoming him towards everyone around us. We love the Lord with our hands when we become Jesus to others. Not become like Jesus, be Jesus to others. So, Let's put those groups up again. We love the church by putting others first. We love the world by living out the hope we have in Jesus. We love our enemies when we don't fight back. How does that look like Jesus? And how does that help us to show people Jesus? So, we love the church by putting each other first. This seems pretty easy, but we're going we're gonna to take a look and we're going to break it down. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be Jesus what is Jesus' relationship with his church? What is Jesus to his church? What is he? God. What else? Start. What did he do on the cross? Savior. He's our savior. Okay. What about like the story of Ruth? What did it teach us about? It starts with the R and ends with the E-deemer. He's our redeemer. Okay, he's God. He's the, uh, okay. If the church and Jesus are married, the church is Jesus what? 
the bride. Bride, yeah. Don't worry, it sounds weird, but it's in the Bible. Jesus is the bridegroom, the groom, the husband. If the church and Jesus are married, which we are, Jesus is the husband and the church is the wife. So, Savior, Redeemer, God, Bridegroom. What does this say about how Jesus feels about the church? What are the feelings he has for us? How do you think Jesus feels about us? You can blurt it out. It's okay. There's really, I mean, there's probably no wrong answers. You probably know them. Does Jesus just like us? He loves us. All of these things, being a husband, a savior, a redeemer, tell me that God loves me and loves his church. So when we treat our brothers and sisters with that same love, we are becoming Jesus to them. When we, when we show hospitality and honor and affection for one another. So hospitality is when we're just, we're saying to everyone else, what I have is yours. If, you, if I have something and you want it, you need it, take it. It's yours. You're showing them that they're just as important to you as you are to yourself. You're becoming Jesus to them. How do we love the world by living out the hope we have? Well, so we take the first part, right? Loving our neighbor as ourselves. Because when Jesus said loving our neighbor, was he just talking about the people who follow Jesus? He said, who is my neighbor? What's the answer to that question? Who's Mm. Yeah. Because we're showing, what we're doing here is we're showing our enemies, we're showing the world that our trust is in something and someone greater than ourselves. I don't need to fight back because God is fighting for me. I don't need to take justice for myself because God will, God will do it. And it'll be better than what I can do. So, when we feed and give water to those who hurt us, we're showing them that no matter what they may do to us, it will never, ever change our love for them. When we, when we take our enemies and we love them, and no matter what they do to us, we continue to love them, who does that sound like? Jesus. So to bring this back around and help us to understand it maybe in a little different way, Imagine that you're in Disney World, okay? Everybody loves Disney World. Who's, who do you see walking around at Disney World all the time? Who's it? You're at Disney World. Who are you? You're a tourist, right? Who else? People. People? What kind of people? Does Disneyland just run by itself? Who, who runs it? Workers, right? And who else is there? There are people that, there are people in Disney World that everyone's looking for. Who are they looking for? The characters. So, we're looking for the, we have the characters. Now, we've gone not just to Disney World, but now we're in the Hollywood Studios Park. And there is a brand new Toy Story Land there that they just opened up. Who are we going to see there? 
What characters? Such as Woody and Buzz Lightyear. He's got to be there, right? You're in Toy Story Land. There's got to be Buzz Lightyear. And, and how does Buzz Lightyear act towards the world? What, what kind of character is he? What does he do? He's a hero. Yeah? He, uh, he likes to ride on toy cars. He likes to be attached to rockets. I suppose he doesn't like that, but he gets attached to rockets a lot. He can speak Spanish sometimes. Toy Story 3, yeah. He got set to Spanish mode. You remember that? No. Oh, it's yeah, hilarious. I um, so, but we know that Buzz is a hero because that's his character in, in the, the toy is supposed to be of a cartoon of a character, right, who's a hero, and the toys think they're heroes before they figure out they're toys, but Buzz is still a hero afterwards. So now you imagine, you see Buzz Lightyear, and you're thinking, oh, here's the hero Buzz Lightyear. Now imagine that you see him running over to a family that's just come in, and then he pushes the baby down on the ground, he steals the mom's purse, and he kicks the dad right between the legs, and he runs away. Is, is this how Buzz Lightyear is supposed to be acting? No. So, so I'm left with two options. Either Buzz Lightyear, the, the one that I've known my entire life, is not really a hero like I thought he was, or what? This Buzz Lightyear is not acting like Buzz Lightyear. He's not really Buzz Lightyear. So to bring that back around, how you act towards the world shows who, what you're really like on the inside. It's not easy, but, but if we want to show the world that to know Jesus is real, if we want the world to know Jesus is real, we want the world to trust in him, we need to be Jesus to them. So it's not about what we're doing so much as it is about the why and the how we are doing it. So, once again, we love the Lord with our hands when we become Jesus towards others. We just saw how we're becoming Jesus to the world, to the church, to our enemies. So what? So what does this mean for you today? It means this. You cannot do this on your own. You will not be able to generate this kind of love, Jesus' love, in your heart by yourself. You may be able to fake it for a while, but you cannot do this by yourself. We know this because at the beginning of Romans chapter 12, Paul says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So he's begging the Romans to present their bodies as sacrifices to God, but not to make themselves into Jesus, but to be transformed into Jesus. Do not try and conform yourself. Make yourself into Jesus by acting like him. We have to look back at the last couple weeks that we've been learning. If our minds are loving God and remembering his promises and focusing on him and our hearts are filled with love for God, 
we are starting to look like Jesus on the inside already. Because Jesus was focused on the promises of God. Jesus was filled with his Father's love. He knew of it intimately. And the next thing that will happen to us when we're like that is that we will start acting like Jesus on the outside. What you have on the inside will eventually show on the outside. If I don't have coffee on the inside of me, I am mean on the outside of me in the morning. Maybe not that extreme. But you know what? What's inside of you will eventually be outside of you. So don't try and make yourself into Jesus by acting like him. But be transformed, be made into Jesus by the love of Jesus on the inside. And you will be able to do it on the outside to others and love them with the love of Jesus. This is the power of the gospel, guys. You want to know what the gospel is about? It's about that. That God takes his enemies and makes them into family. We saw this is what we're doing, what we're supposed to be doing, because Jesus did it first. Jesus made his enemies into family. And now you get the chance, when you love Jesus, to go out and make your enemies into family. Show the world the power of the gospel. Make your friends into family. And you can start doing that this week. So start out. We're going to prepare our minds. We're going to reflect on how much Jesus loves us. Where can we find out where, how much Jesus loves us? The Bible. That's right. We read God's promises. We read how he's kept them. We read about Jesus, what he did, what he said, what he's done for us, and what he's doing for us right now. And when you do that, you're going to remember how much Jesus loves you and remember the hope that you have in him. Then we're going to prepare our hearts. We're going to let our heart feel how much Jesus loves us today. How, how can you talk to Jesus and find, out how, find that out? What do we do to find out and talk to Jesus about it? Praying, yeah. Praying is just talking to God. So pray and ask God to remind you how much he loves you. Ask him to fill you up with that sense of how much God loves you. And ask yourself, how does that make you feel when that happens? Now, your heart and your mind are prepared. It's on to asking one simple question to start putting it outside. When you're with others, ask yourself, how would Jesus show his love to me if I were that person? You'll know because you've been reflecting on it. You've been praying about it. And now you get to ask that question. If I was the person I'm talking to right now, that I'm dealing with right now, how would Jesus show his love to me in that situation? And then you say, that old, when I was a kid, we all wore bracelets that said WWJD. What would Jesus do? Ask yourself that question. How would Jesus love this person? Then do that. Are they an enemy? Are they just somebody? Are they a dear, dear friend? How would Jesus love that person? And then do that. So, um, we're going to do our community group questions now. And we'll have some time for prayer in there as well. But I really appreciate you guys being so attentive. And I really, it's my prayer that you guys don't 
go out and just try and act like Jesus. That's not what I want. What I want you to be is transformed into Jesus before you ever try and do any of that stuff. It's not about what you're doing. It's about why you're doing it and how you're doing it.